We're going to continue reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam today about Yoga Maya potency. And I think today's class will be interesting. We'll learn more about how Yoga Maya works. It's not, Yoga Maya is not static. Yoga Maya is not a one-trick pony. Yoga Maya does many things. But we're going to begin with Kirtan. <clears throat> and today I will call up the harmonium. I just have to find it. Give me a second. I did not prepare in advance. Hmm. I forgot where it is. <laughs> well, yeah, I think maybe it's here. No. Maybe it's... You'll have to forgive me for wasting your time not remembering where it is. Hmm. I guess... Maybe we won't have harmonium because I cannot find it. Somewhere unknown, I can't remember. Hmm. Hmm. Can't even read it. Hare Krishna. Well, Yes, we won't have a harmonium today. We'll go back to piano. I guess this is what Krishna wants today, piano. Maybe he likes piano. Jana 
Sorry, trouble playing this video. Try again. Hare Krishna. Okay. Did I lose you or what? Oh, you're all here. I don't know. My <laughs> video said I lost you. It looks like you're all here. I don't know. Um, the internet looks like it's not having fun today, trying to broadcast. So I may be uh, freezing up a bit. And maybe some of you have to come back. I don't know. It looks like we're broadcasting. Is that true? Yeah. Um, yes. You're still here. Okay. So we're going to read about Yoga Maya, as we have been reading before. And I wanted, I wanted to read something we read last time because it, it, it's a summary of what is Yoga Maya, and I think it would be useful for us to read it again. So, with your permission, I'm going to indulge you in reading something which we read before. Hmm. Except I can't find it. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> this is really weird, 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 weird. Um, I have this document, and <laughs> it erased. Looks like it's erased everything that I just worked on this morning. Hold on. We're in crisis mode here. Um, I was working for about an hour on a document this morning, which was the old document that had all the quotes about Maya. And now I'm looking at this document, and there's only one or two quotes on it, which means there's trouble in paradise, which means... I may have lost everything 
and I can't understand why and where it's gone. And I'm just trying to undo everything I did to get back to where we were before. But it's not doing it. Oh, my Govinda. So everything we had collected about Maya and Yoga Maya is now missing. I guess I have to revert my computer to, to go back to like a few hours ago and get it up. I'm not sure how to do that. Anyway, so let's read what we have here, which is not much, but maybe enough for today. Um, it was very strange. So this is from the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam. I must have what I must have done is I must have pasted in, must have pasted in something and had everything copied in the document when I pasted in new, it oh, it um, pasted in and erased everything else. Hmm. And you're asking me, did you have it saved? And I, yeah, maybe saved like a month ago, but not with everything we had on Yoga Mind. So I think there's a way to revert the computer back so it'll show up. I have to find out. So this is from the 10th Canto. The Lord ordered Yogamaya, O my potency, who are worshipable for the entire world and whose nature is to bestow good fortune upon all living entities. Go to Braja, where there live many cowherd men and their wives. In that very beautiful land where many cows reside, Rohini, the wife of Vasudeva, is living there in the home of Nandamaraj. Other wives of Vasudeva are also living there incognito, because of fear of Kamsa. Please go there. So here we see, and you will see this happening uh, often in the 10th canto, Lord Krishna is telling Yogamaya what to do. So we, we understand Yogamaya is like the producer of the Leela, and sometimes the director also of her own initiative, but sometimes... Krishna takes the role of director. So here we see Krishna's directing Yoga Maya. This is what I want you to do. So he he had a specific mission for Yoga Maya, which we'll read about. Well, he had many things she he many things he wanted her to do, and this is one of them. Purport. Nanda Gokul, the resident of King Nanda, was itself very beautiful. And when Yoga Maya was ordered to go there, and encouraged the devotees with fearlessness, it became even more beautiful and safe because Yoga Maya had the ability to create such an atmosphere. The Lord ordered her to go to Nanda Gokula. So he, he, um, he wanted the devotees to become fearless, and if Yoga Maya would go there, the devotees would become fearless. And it's already Vrindavan, which is transcendentally, transcendentally beautiful, but if she goes to Yoga Maya, goes there, it becomes more beautiful. And that's where her service is. So now we're reading, I believe, from... I'm not sure if this is... not sure where this verse is from. It says 10 to 18, but I don't think that's true. Within the womb of Devaki is my partial 
plenary expansion known as sankarshan or sesha, without difficulty transfer him into the womb of Rohini. So this is interesting. Balaram is appearing in the womb of Devaki. And now Krishna is telling Yogamaya, get Balaram from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini, the wife of Nanda Maharaj, or maybe Vasudev, another, I'm forgetting. Anyway, when When she was given this order, she was thinking, how do you get a child from one womb to another? Even though she's Yogamaya, even though she's Yogamaya, she was wondering, how am I going to do this? Not easy. Let's read the purport. The first plenary expansion of Krishna is Baladev, also known as Sesha. The Sesha incarnation of the Supreme Personality of God it supports the entire universe. And the eternal mother of this incarnation is Mother Rohini. Because I am going into the womb of Devaki, the Lord told Yogamaya, the Sesha incarnation has already gone there and made suitable arrangements so that I may live there. Now he should enter the womb of Rohini, his eternal mother. So in other words, Balaram entered the womb of Devaki, to purify it, to make sure <laughs> everything was good for the Lord's appearance, just as you would purify any place where the Lord appears or you would put the Lord in the deity form. So once that was done, okay, he doesn't have to stay there. Now everything is clean and now Krishna can appear. <clears throat> Seisha has done his business, so he can go in the womb of Rohini. And so now Krishna's Asking Yoga Maharaj, you have to make this arrangement. So we'll continue reading. A pure devotee is always transcendentally situated because of executing nine different processes of bhakti. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Parasevanam, Archanam, Bandhanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam. Thus situated in devotional service, a devotee although in the material world, is not in the material world. Yet a devotee always fears, because I am associated with the material world, so many contaminations affect me. Therefore, he is always alert in fear, which gradually diminishes his material association. I think I may, may have got these verses and purports a little mixed up. Um, but Prabhupada here, is talking about um, Devaki's fear that Kamsa could kill her son. And so Prabhupada equates this to a fear a devotee has. The fear that non-devotees could disrupt the spreading of Krishna consciousness or the fear that because I'm associated with the material world, I could become contaminated. And Prabhupada says that fear is healthy because that fear purifies us. So, you know, we sometimes say, well, fear is a condition of material existence. But fear of Maya 
as a condition of spiritual existence. And we talked about this, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, and the week before, when Prabhupada, when Prabhupada says, I pray to Krishna that I won't fall down. And so, Prabhupada always exalts fear of maya, that it, it's healthy, that it's something we should do. And so here we see it also. It's kind of a contradiction. Well, I'm a devotee, I'm protected. Um, and then you might say, well, you know, if you have faith that Krishna will protect you, why would you pray? Why would you be afraid of material, the material world? Because that's just the alertness of a devotee that we're a bit weak and the material energy is very strong. So, alertness. Yeah, don't, don't get too near the fire. Basically, that's the idea. It's always careful. Don't get too close to the fire. Symbolically, Mother Devaki's constant fear of Kongsa was purifying her. A pure devotee should always fear material association. And in this way, all the asuras of material association will be killed, as the sad garbasuras were killed by Kongsa. So, sad garbasuras were the six sons of Devaki that were all killed. And it explains what they represent and why Prabhupada is saying, hmm. he said, if we feel fear material association, that's good for us, we'll be protected from six contaminations. And these six contaminations took birth as six sons of Devaki and each one was killed. And, and it symbolizes... When we kill these six contaminations, then Krishna can sit within our heart. So, what are these six contaminations? It's explained. It is said that from the mind, Marichi appears. In other words, Marichi is an incarnation of the mind. The mind has six sons. Kama, Krodha, Lobha, Moha, Madha, and Matsarya. Lust, anger, Greed, illusion, madness, and envy. We're all familiar with these. These are taking birth in the mind. Lust, anger, greed. Illusion, madness, and envy. The Supreme Personality of God appears in pure devotional service. This is confirmed in the Vedas. Bhaktir, evainam, darshati. Only bhakti can bring one in contact with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead appeared from the womb of Devaki, and therefore Devaki symbolically represents bhakti, and kanksa symbolically represents material fear. When a pure devotee always fears material association, his real position of bhakti is manifested, and he naturally becomes uninterested in material enjoyment. So, this is nice because these six items uh, that take birth in the mind, or the <clears throat> six conditions of material existence, are things that sometimes we make friends with, like lust and envy. I, yes, I know lust very well. Actually, lust is one of my friends. I'm 
Lust is always wherever I go. Lust accompanies me. You know, he helps me uh, enjoy. Or envy. I find envy useful. You know, I compete with people, and envy helps me become more competitive, do better. Greed. Greed's good. I get more. I work harder. I study harder because I'm greedy. And that way, I, I do better, motivated by my greed, to achieve a higher position in this world. And if I don't get angry, if I don't stand up for myself, then people will push me around. So, Prabhupada is saying here, these are things we should fear, but in so many cases, we make friends with them. We invite them over. We invite them into our life. And in saying we should fear them, it means we should fear having them in our life. So, kind of a contradiction, isn't it? Sometimes the things we should fear, we welcome into our life. So I should fear being lusty, I should fear being angry, lust, anger, greed, envy, material illusion, feel, thinking, identifying with the body, I should fear that. That consciousness I should be afraid of. That's what Prabhupada's saying. <clears throat> Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. When the six sons of Marichi are killed, such as fear, and one is freed from material contamination, within the womb of Bhakti, the Supreme Personality of God appears. So, we could look at these six things as things which are on the altar that are dirty, that have to be cleaned before we can bring Krishna to sit on the altar. In this case, the altar is our heart. So, these six items have to be cleared out from the altar of our heart, and then Krishna can sit there. That's the idea. Thus, the seventh pregnancy of Devaki signifies the appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. After the six sons, Kama, Krodha, Loba, Moha, Madha, and Matsara, are killed, the Sesha incarnation creates a suitable situation for the appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In other words, when one awakens his natural Krishna consciousness, Lord Krishna appears. This is the explanation given by Srila Mishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. This is 10 to Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th Canto, 2nd Chapter, verse 9, purport. And so I have... Uh, I have one more thing to read and then we'll take your questions. And I have many more things to read, but this is the document they're supposed to be on and now I can't access them. Unless somebody can tell me, how do we access a former version of this document? There's a simple way to do it. We have more to read. Okay, this is the next thing. You better have a lot of questions or comments because this is the last thing I have to read right now. I can't... I mean, I can go back to the original source and I can find some things to read. That's possible. So we'll see. I can go back to the database where I was studying this and again access this. So this is... Um, 
This is the tenth canto, third chapter, and this is the summary of the of this chapter. The Lord reminded Basudev and Devaki of two other incarnations in which he had appeared as their son. He appeared as Prishnigarma, Prishnigarbha, and Bhamanadeva. And now this was the third time he was appearing as the son of Devaki to fulfill their desire. The Lord then decided to leave the residence of Basudev and Devaki in the prison house of Kamsa. In other words, Krishna made this decision to go to Vrindavan. And when he made that decision, at this very time, Yoga Maya took birth as the daughter of Jashoda. Hmm. Right at that time. Okay, I'm going to leave now. Yoga Maya, Shubhadra, taking birth as the daughter of Jashoda. By this arrangement of Yoga Maya, Vasudeva was able to leave the prison house. So you know the story. Uh, the cell opened. The guards fell asleep. The outside doors opened. You know, this was Krishna's divine arrangement, and so Krishna's ordering Yoga Maya, and sometimes, as I said, sometimes Yoga Maya just knows what to do. So by the influence of Yoga Maya, this is an example of, uh, another example of how Yoga Maya works. She arranges things within the pastimes. And this is one thing that she arranged. So all of a sudden, the guards are asleep. The jail door unlocked. The prison outside door unlocked. Yogamaya took birth as the daughter of Jashoda. By the arrangement of Jogamaya, Basudeva was able to leave the prison house and save the child from the hands of Kongsha. When Vasudeva brought Krishna to the house of Nanda Maharaj, he saw that by Yogamaya's arrangement, Jashoda, as well as everyone else, was deeply asleep. So why was this Yogamaya's arrangement? Well, Vasudeva had this little baby, Krishna, and so he brought the baby, put the baby on the bed, and came back with Jashoda's baby, Yogamaya. And by Yogamaya's arrangement, Jasoda was asleep and Jasoda was not aware if she gave birth to a male or a female. Jasoda, as well as everyone else, was deeply asleep by Yogamaya's arrangement. Thus, Vasudeva exchanged the babies, taking Yogamaya from Jasoda's lap and placing Krishna there instead. Then Vasudeva returned to his own place, having taken Yogamaya as his daughter. He placed Yogamaya on Devaki's bed and prepared to be a prisoner as before. So he, by Yogamaya's arrangement, he was unshackled and then he got back in and put on his chains or whatever, was shackling him. The doors were locked. Guards woke up and it appeared that nothing had happened. In Gokul, Jasoda could not understand whether she had given birth to a male or a female. So this is one story of, uh, or it was another story that actually she had given birth to Krishna and this form of Krishna emerged. But <clears throat> for the sake of this discussion, it's just showing how Yoga Maya works within the Leelas to arrange, she's, I, was, I was thinking this morning, how would you describe Yoga Maya within the Leelas of Krishna? Because Yoga Maya does more than just work within the Leelas. <clears throat> but her actions in the Leela I was thinking, would you describe her as a producer 
or would you describe her as a director? I mean, more, more on the side of production, as we could see from this Leela. Krishna was the director. He was directing her. This is what I need you to do. I need you to get Balaram out of the womb of Devaki into the womb of Rohini. So that's one thing. And um, I need you to arrange for me to get out. Now, whether Krishna told Yogamaya, it doesn't appear <clears throat> it doesn't appear here that he told Yogamaya to put all the guards to sleep and open the jail doors and so on. And so that gives Yogamaya sometimes the director position also, that she knows what needs to be done. She knows the Leela and then she does it, takes her own initiative. So you see both things, Krishna telling her or Krishna or her knowing knowing the Leela, knowing what needs to be done. So that's that. Hare Krishna. So I think we're losing everybody. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I don't know if I lost you or not. Um, am I losing? Every time I go back from the document, it shows me you're not here. I guess you're here. So, um, let me go back and see what you said. Some comments. I think my internet connection is failing quite a lot. Planetary change is happening these days. Uh, Chant Hare Krishna. And you'll counteract the evil influences of the planets, according to Bhaktivinoda Thakur. That's all I can say. Mm. Got the purports there you can read. And um, <clears throat> it's a Word document, not a Google Doc. If anyone knows how to get back an older version of the Word doc, let me know. That's that's what we need. Okay, so what I'm going to have to do is go to the Veda base where I was collecting all this information and read some things. Um, So what I was reading to you was the last thing that I had saved and the rest of the document disappeared. So I'm going to go back up a little bit. And this um, this may be a little cumbersome, but let's read. I'll just read some things and sometimes I'll have to search for them. Sometimes I may read something that's not exactly what I thought it was, but let's just see how it goes. This is from the 10th Canto, 2nd Chapter, verse 9. Oh, also, oh all auspicious Yogabaya, I shall then appear with my full six opulences as the son of Devaki, 
and you will appear as the daughter of Mother Yasoda, the queen of Maharajananda. So he's telling her she's going to appear and what's going to happen. So in the purport, Krishna says in the Gita, but what need is there, Arjuna, for all this detailed knowledge? With a single fragment of myself, I pervade and support this entire universe. Everything is situated as a part of the Supreme Lord's potency. In regard to Lord Krishna's appearance in the womb of Devaki, Brahma played a part also because on the bank of the milk ocean, he requested the Supreme Personality of Godhead to appear. A part was also played by Baladev, the first expansion of Godhead. Similarly, Yogamaya, who appeared as the daughter of Jishoda, also played a part. Thus, Jiva Tattva, Vishnu Tattva, and Shakti Tattva all integrated with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And when Krishna appears, he appears with all his integrated parts. So, <clears throat> The different energies, Krishna Tattva, Balaram, Shakti Tattva, Yoga Maya, Brahma is Jiva Tattva. As explained in previous verses, Yoga Maya was requested to attract Sankarshan Baladev from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini. And this was a very this was a very heavy task for her. It's interesting. Hmm, how am I going to do that? Yogamaya naturally could not see how it was possible for her to attract Sankarshan. Therefore, Krishna addressed her as Shube, auspicious, and said, quote, Be blessed, take power from me, and you will be able to do it. In other words, don't worry, I will, I will do it, just make the effort, I will, I will help you do it. By my potency, it will be done. By the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, anyone can do anything, for the Lord is present in everything, all things being his parts and parcels. Angsa Bhagena. And increasing or decreasing by his supreme will. all things being his parts and parcels. Balaram was only 15 days older than Krishna. By the blessings of Krishna, Yogamaya became the daughter of Mother Jasoda. But by the supreme will, she was not able to enjoy the parental love of her father and mother. Krishna, however, although not actually born from the womb of Mother Jasoda, enjoyed the parental love of Mother Jasoda and Nanda. By the blessings of Krishna, Yogamaya was able to achieve the reputation of being the daughter of Jasoda, who also became famous by the blessings of Krishna. Jasoda means one who gives fame. So, what I uh, the thing that caught my attention in this purport is that even Yoga Maya, this is interesting, Yoga Maya is being asked to make this transfer and she's having trouble. She can't figure out how to do it. 
And Krishna says, what did Prabhupada say Krishna said? I want to read this again. Mm. <clears throat> Krishna said, be blessed. Take power from me and you will be, you and you will be able to do it. And she was being addressed as Shubhe, auspicious. So, and then Prabhupada said, this is interesting, by the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, anyone can do anything. For the Lord is present in everything. Yeah, so then you may say, well, <clears throat> can I do anything and everything? This is in the context of Krishna specifically asking Yoga Maya to do something. So then we, we understand that he wants her to do something and he will empower her to do it specifically. He's, it's not that, oh, I just read the purport so that I could do anything with Krishna's mercy, so... Let's test this out. And I'm climbing on the roof and let's well, let's see if I can fly. Because Prabhupada said, well, I could do anything. Uh, that's anything that Krishna orders you to do and specifically empowers you to do. Then you, you can do it. So sometimes Prabhupada would give an order and we would doubt it or maybe not doubt the order, but doubt that we could do something about it. But we would try, and they would, we would understand more and more that <clears throat> when, when Prabhupada wanted something, we would, there would be divine help on the way to make it happen, because it was his desire. And we understand that the desire of the pure devotee is always fulfilled. Krishna loves to fulfill the desire of the pure devotee. So if Prabhupada wanted something and he asked us to do what he wanted, we understood this is not necessarily going to be an ordinary activity and it's not I'm not necessarily going to be limited by my own limitations because if Krishna wants this, then he, and I'm willing to do it, then he can decide to give me the avesh, the empowerment that's required to do it. So that's the idea. It's not just like anything you dream up or any crazy idea. But the context here is this is what Krishna wants Yoga Maya to do. And so it's like saying, don't worry, this is what I want to happen. So because I want it to happen, Somebody has to do it, and I'm asking you to do it. And whoever whoever I ask to do it, I will empower to do it. And Krishna told that to Arjuna. I want the battle to be fought. I want you to fight it. Therefore, I will empower you. And if you study how Prabhupada viewed himself in this, in respect to this empowerment idea of coming to the West and being empowered, you see a lot a lot of the way Prabhupada looked at it was was not from personal qualification, but more from willingness to try. And that because of the willingness to try, because it was something 
that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta wanted, then he felt Bhakti Siddhanta was making it happen. Not that he was making it happen, but it was was like it was like set in motion already. So he he kind of felt almost like I just have to show up because or jump on the I just have to jump on the escalator. This this escalator is moving by the desire of Bhakti Siddhanta. I just have to get on it. If I get on it, I'll be taken to the next floor. Something like that. I don't know if that's the best example, but <clears throat> you know it's nice sometimes to study. Prabhupada's mood, his consciousness, his attitude when he's coming to America, how he's thinking, how he's feeling, how he's seeing. And if you do that, you'll see this is one of the things that comes out, that that anything that is the desire of Guru or Krishna, then we just, if we execute that desire, if we, if we try to fulfill that desire, because it's their desire, it's it's beyond us, it's that desire is being empowered, that they want this. So, because they want it and you try, then the impossible can happen. And it's it's like the the escalator is already going up. So, I can't walk up those stairs. Well, you don't have to. Because, you know, they have these escalators. They don't move. And, and it looks like you have to walk up the stairs. But as soon as you get on them, they move. Saves en- it saves energy. In America, they don't have those. Just escalators are always moving. But I've seen in other countries, they stop moving, or maybe some airports, it stops moving when there's nobody on it to conserve energy. So it's a little bit like that. <clears throat> I can't walk up the stairs. Oh, just try. And then you put your foot on the stairway. and it <laughs> You don't have to walk up. It's walking you up. So I think that's a, uh, it's a good analogy. If Prabhupada wants, if Prabhupada wants something, and you try to execute it, now it no longer just depends on you because there's there's a transcendental system already in place, and Krishna is fulfilling Prabhupada's desire. But on the practical platform to fulfill that desire, there needs to be boots on the ground. People actually have to do it, and so Prabhupada said. The movement will spread with you or without you. In other words, Krishna will spread it and he'll find people, he'll use people to spread it. So he'll use you or he'll use me or he'll use or we'll give up serving and he'll use somebody else. So he'll use someone else to get on the escalator. If it's not you, he'll use somebody. But once you get on the escalator, then it'll go up. So that way we can have confidence. <clears throat> if Krishna wants something, if Prabhupada wants something, then we just have to make the effort. And the system is already in place. So we're just kind of tapping into the system. And they'll make it happen. And that's why devotees sometimes do amazing things. Because the system's already working. They're just, you know, it's kind of like these, you have some turnkey system where you, you don't really know how to do something and they take you right from the beginning and you know do this then do this then do this and then at the end you you know you you have a business or you have something you have created something or accomplished something that you couldn't accomplish on your own because it was a system that you just followed so it's something like that the desire of the pure devotee creates a system yeah
So, yeah. Are you able to hear me? Just, or am I losing you or what? I can't. Give me a sign of life that you're there. I can't tell. Because whenever I go back from my Word document to this, it looks like nothing's happened. Can you give me a sign of life that you're there? Maybe I should look at my WhatsApp and you're all telling me, oh, it's not working. I can't tell. Is it working? Is it not working? I have um, a different internet connection today, which I was testing again um, to see if it's reliable. So I need a sign of life. Someone give me a sign of life that you're there. We're here. You heard everything I said? Okay. Yeah, I could try to change the internet connection. Maybe that's a good idea. But <clears throat> trying to change it in midair, I could lose you. So, now that you're here, yeah, and this interconnection is completely unstable. It can get very fast, very quick, or very slow. I had to test it again. I think I, I'm going to return it because it's not working well. Okay. So, um, so based on what I, I just said, if... If we can conclude, we can conclude if something is Krishna's desire, if it's will, if it's his will, then we should not we should not feel that it's something we can't do or something that's difficult for us. If we know this is what Krishna wants, then he's already making it happen. Then he's just looking for some people to do the footwork, and that's basically what Krishna told Arjuna. He said, you know, Arjuna is saying. I can't fight, and Krishna said, "No, it's it's already. You just go through the motions. They've already killed the soldiers. It's all. It's all. I've already arranged that they're going to be killed. So you can look at it a little bit like that. This is Prabhupada's desire to do something. It's already been arranged, but he needs people to actually do it. And so, even though you may feel unqualified, if you're willing to do it, then you see, and I'm sure you've had this experience." that you you get ability to do something and you you realize quite often that the ability that you have to do something is actually beyond your ability but because krishna wants this job done he gives you the ability to do it because it's already you can say it's already done by his desire but he needs boots on the ground to do it and then it's our great fortune that we can do it so if you see it like that, it removes a lot of this hesitation and this fear of, I can't do this. But you say, no, no, it's already done. You just have to push the button, it'll all happen. So a lot of times we're doing service, we're just actually pushing a button. Everything is already done, but somebody needs to push the button. And so <clears throat> don't be so, um, don't limit yourself when it's uh, something specific as Prabhupada's desire, then understand he will make arrangements. And 
we, we see this often that we try to do something and maybe we're not so materially qualified to do it, but it's definitely something that Prabhupada wants and we make the effort and then, you know, a few weeks later, a few months later, someone comes to help us who's really good at something that we're not good at. And um, and this man comes and he gives a donation and this person comes and he says, well, you know, I have this empty building here, you want to use it? And one thing after another, um, we may be inept in acquiring facility, but because it's meant to happen or it's the desire of Prabhupada, you'll see situations like that happening, or just things coming that you, on your own, would not have been able to achieve or organize. So that's how it works. So that way, don't be so afraid. Now, sometimes it's not Prabhupada's desire, and then we're trying to do something and it doesn't seem to be happening. And sometimes it is his desire, but we're in a hostile environment and it, it's going to be harder work. But um, aside from the practical consideration, the main idea is don't, don't limit yourself, especially when engaged in a service that is, is the will of Prabhupada. Because if it's his will, Krishna will make all the arrangements for it to happen. Isn't that nice? Then you just you say, oh, I'm doing this service. Oh, that's so hard. And you say, no, I just have to push some buttons and the machine will do everything. Because that's basically what I'm doing. The machine is doing everything. I think you can't see me now. But anyway. Yeah. So, Anuradha has a comment. Talking about frequencies, it is said that fear is the lower energy compared with love, the highest energy. <clears throat> so how can we understand Prabhupada is suggesting to have fear of material association? Good question. Should we understand fear as precaution? Well, the point is that there is a transcendental, like yesterday we were talking, I think you must have been in the class, maybe you were translating it, I can't remember which class, but the, yeah, it was the last, yeah, so you were there translating, the last class, and um, no, it wasn't the last class, maybe it was the last class in Argentina, and they were asking about anger, and I was telling them, well, anger is just an energy and then you can use your anger in healthy or unhealthy way. So it's the same thing. Everything that exists can exist in a healthy or an unhealthy way. Or philosophically speaking, everything can exist in a transcendental or material way. So fear of something which is dangerous or potentially detrimental for your Krishna consciousness is transcendental fear. It doesn't have the qualities of, of the modes of nature within them. <clears throat> As fear of death, for example, is is coming from the bodily concept, or it's and it's fear of the unknown, ignorance, and like that. But if we don't have fear of material energy, that would be a sign of ignorance. 
So fear of material energy is actually a sign of knowledge. So nothing is bad in and of itself. It's bad within context. Anger is not bad, but what's the context of your anger? How are you using it? Benevolently or malevolently? For the good of yourself and others or for the destruction of yourself and others? So <clears throat> as, as we say with everything material, it's neutral and depend how you, depending on how you use it, it's material or spiritual. So same thing with fear. Just, just see fear like you see anything else. It's just an energy. So when they're saying, you know, fear, the emotion of fear is <clears throat> the opposite of love, then we would say, yeah, the material emotion of fear or the material concept of love. But Mother Yasoda loves Krishna and she has intense fear that someone may hurt Krishna or intense fear that Krishna may not get enough to eat. And that fear is out of love. So in that sense, in the transcendental sense, fear and love are the same. In the material sense, as you say, they're opposites. But in the spiritual sense, if a devotee is afraid for Krishna, it's out of love. So, you know, what are you, you, the two ways, you look at it, what are you using it for? How are you using it? And what is the emotion in connection with it? Is my fear out of love? Or is my fear out of concern for my material well-being? So, I don't know if you heard that answer. My screen is blocked right now. Probably yours is also. Is not this is not a happy day on Facebook. It's the planets. That's it. It's the planets. They're affecting the internet. And little demons are getting in there. And they're trying to get information. And they're going to use it against us. I think I think life is so like just so boring that people come up with conspiracy theories just to believe them. And then they don't have to play all these virtual games, you know, make-believe. They can just make-believe it's actually happening. And then their life becomes a little more interesting. That's my conspiracy theory about conspiracy theories. This day-to-day -day life is not that interesting for most people. <clears throat> but if you mix it, mix in a little conspiracy theory, then it becomes more interesting. Now, the thing is, Jyotirmayi, Prabhupada, he had so much faith in Krishna that it was rare that he allowed astrological, it's rare that he made calculations based on astrological influences. And if he did, it was, you know, one or two things. Like he wouldn't see Indira Gandhi on Thursday afternoon because it's considered an inauspicious time to inaugurate something. So he didn't do it. But in general, you know, if there were some astrological calculations, he said, oh, today's not a good day to travel for this or that. 
So if it wasn't inconvenient, sometimes he would follow it, but not always give so much stress to it. And he would give more stress to the holy name. But it will counteract all evil influences if you chant purely. So that was Prabhupada's mind. Hare Krishna. All right, so now I have to um, find something else to read. So I have to check because um, this is a little challenging. I have to remember. So, um, I'll just read this. We'll just see. Well, I'm not sure this is entirely relevant, but it's information. This is from the 10th canto, 2nd chapter, 10th verse. It's good that we get to read a lot of the Bhagavatam. It's Prabhupada's words for us. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, those whose minds are distorted by material desires surrender unto demigods. Therefore, the word manusha, meaning human being here, human being here refers to one who does not know the actual goal of life. Such a person wants to enjoy the material world by taking birth in a highly elevated family with the benefits of education, beauty, and immense wealth, which in this material world are desirable. One who has forgotten the real aim of life may worship goddess Durga, Maya Shakti, under various different names for different purposes and in different places. As there are many holy places for worship of Krishna, there are also many holy places in India for worship of Durga Devi or Maya Devi, who took birth as the daughter of Jashoda. And you're saying, wait a minute. I thought Yoga Maya took birth as the daughter of Jashoda. And here it is said, Durga took birth as the daughter of Jashoda. And Maya Devi, Maya personified, which is Durga. So what does that mean? It means that when Yoga Maya expands, she's Maya. And sometimes it's a little confusing because the word Yoga Maya can sometimes be used in a context when you're talking about both Yoga Maya and Maha Maya because Yoga Maya includes Maha Maya. After cheating Kangsa, Maya Devi dispersed herself to various places, especially in Vindya, Vindyachala, to accept regular worship from ordinary men. So she appeared, you know the story. Kangsa thought this is the eighth child that's going to kill her. Turns out to be a, a female. She takes the form of Durga says, you know, Kangsa, cool down, otherwise I'll chop your head off. And the person who's going to kill you, he's already taken birth. He's already out there. So start sweating, basically. 
So Yoga Maya can take the form of Durga, or the, uh, Durga has various forms. She can take those forms because it's it's just another manifestation of her. I don't know if that's confusing because she's not an ordinary person, so I can't think of her like an ordinary person, but she can manifest different forms. <clears throat> After cheating Kangsa, Maya Devi dispersed herself to various places, especially in Vindyachala, to accept regular worship from ordinary men. A human being should actually be interested in understanding Atma Tattva, the truth of Atma, the spirit soul, and Paramatma, the supreme soul. Those who are interested in Atma Tattva, worship of the supreme personality of Godhead, Kosmin, Nu Bhagavo, Bhagavo vigyate sarvam idam vigyatam bhavatiti mundaka upanishad. I'm tired this morning. Brain is not working so well, not so awake. However, as explained in the next verse of this chapter, those who cannot understand atmatattva, apaschatam atmatattvam, worship yoga maya in her different features. So they worship yoga maya in her different features. Durga, Chandi, Chandika, uh, different forms of Durga. So worshiping, not actually worshiping Yoga Maya, but worshiping Yoga Maya in these different forms. So they're worshiping the different forms, the external forms of Yoga Maya. Finish reading the purport. <clears throat> There's a verse here. This is from Bhagavatam, two one two. Shotavyadini Rajendra Ninam Shanti Sahasrasaha Apashitam Atmatattam Griheshu Grihamedinam Griheshu Grihamedinam Those persons who are materially engrossed, being blind to the knowledge of the ultimate truth, have many subject matters for hearing in human society, O Emperor. <clears throat> That's the verse. And the purport continues. Those who are interested in remaining in this material world and are not interested in spiritual salvation have many duties. But for one who is interested in spiritual salvation, the only duty is to surrender fully unto Krishna. Such a person is not interested in material enjoyment. So people are worshipping Durga in her various forms for material enjoyment. And sometimes Prabhupada points out that a simple, uh, but very, very deep at the same time, that someone is, let's say, someone is worshiping Durga, and they're praying to Durga, they're doing festival for Durga, they're doing arti to Durga, they're doing kirtan for Durga. They're doing basically the same thing we do for Krishna, except it's for Durga. And the result, even though the activity is the same, because of the object of worship, the result is different. And that's, when you think about it, it's kind of tragic. You know, it's like opening a, opening a store in the wrong neighborhood and your business fails. Where if you just would have opened the store in another neighborhood, you would be fab fabulously successful. So something like that. You, you know, you're going to worship Durga. What are you going to get? doesn't seem to be working so well also, because a lot of poor people are worshipping Durga and they remain poor. So maybe the worship is not correct. Or maybe she's not happy with them. 
But you understand the point. You worship. If you worship, if you're going to worship anyway, why not worship Krishna? Get some, make some more money, so to speak. Um, Oh, the net is having difficulty today. Oh, it's in the stars. Really? What if one day the whole internet crashes and it never, it never recuperates? Wow. I'll have nothing to do. I'll sit around twiddling my thumbs. If it crashes for like a week, that would be like a nice vacation, don't you think? Nothing works. We can just read books and chant and do kirtan. And I can spend the whole week recording music. <clears throat> okay. I guess there's nothing that controversial in these purports to make you <laughs> ask too many questions or uh, write too many comments. Um, let's see. What else is here? I'm just going to... This may not have to do directly with more deeply understanding Yoga Maya, but I don't have... I don't want to sit here and read everything and have you sit watching me read till I find something that is entirely in alignment with what we're discussing. So I just thought, let me just read whatever... Um, is being said about yoga maya, although it may not be specifically giving us any <clears throat> deeper understanding of yoga maya per se. So this is from 10 to 14. <clears throat> 10 to 14. And then Nadi is going to put that up. Thus instructed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Yoga Maya immediately agreed. With the, I think it's referring to transferring Balaram to the womb of Rohini. With the Vedic mantra, Om, she confirmed that she would do whatever he asked. Not whatever, to do what he asked. Thus, having accepted the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, she circumambulated circumambulated. That's, that's a word sometimes mispronounced. She circumambulated him and started for the place known as Nandagokul. There she did everything just as she had been told. No, so this is this is not the order about Balaram. This is this is the order about Godagokul and make it auspicious. So let's read the purport and see what happened. And this this may take our discussion in a different direction, but for today's class, I think that's that's fine. After receiving the orders of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Yoga Maya twice confirmed her accepting acceptance by saying, Yes, sir, I shall do as you order. <clears throat> Excuse me for one moment.
Yes, sure. Yes, sir. I shall do as you order, and then saying Om. <clears throat> He's given an order. Yogamaya is given an order. Go to Gokul. Nice order. And then she says, Om. That means, yes, I'm going to do it. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur comments that Om signifies Vedic confirmation. Oh, so maybe we could adopt this in the Iskan culture. Instead of saying yes or Haribo, we say Om. But then everyone would think you'd become an impersonalist. Anyway, you can try it in your temple to see what happens, maybe. Become a new custom in this kind. Prabhu, can you do this? Om. You're going to be back at 7? Om. Now, I don't know, what do you say when you want to say no? Is there another mantra that says no? Um <clears throat> Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur comments that Om, Om signifies Vedic confirmation. Thus, Yoga Maya very faithfully received the Lord's order as a Vedic injunction. It is a fact that whatever is spoken by the Supreme Personality of Godhead is a Vedic injunction that no one should neglect. <clears throat> In Vedic injunctions, there are no mistakes, illusion, cheating, or imperfection. Unless one understands the authority of the Vedic version, there is no purpose of quoting Shastra. No one should violate the Vedic injunctions. Rather, one should strictly execute the orders given in the Vedas, as stated in the Gita, Tasmat Shastram Pramanam Te, Karya Karya Vivashtito, Gyatva Shastram Vidanoktam, Karma Kartum Iharasi. One should understand what is duty and what is not duty by the regulations of the scriptures. Knowing such rules and regulations, one should act so that one may be gradually elevated. So, this, this concept, um, this concept of Shastra, Shastra as... Um, Shastra meaning as you could say um, guidelines for action. And outside Shastra, technically speaking, if we act outside of the guidelines for action, we're acting not really anymore as civilized human beings. This is the Shastra, following the Shastra makes us civilized. And if we act outside the Shastra, it just means we're doing what we want. There's no basis in any kind of transcendental knowledge or authority. It's just, this is what I feel like doing, or this is what I, this is what I understand. So that's why um, often when, when we get some, what we think is a revelation or a realization, we want to confirm that this is aligned with Shastra. It's not just my personal misunderstanding or personal desire. So that's the idea. Um, not easy to digest all this information, yeah. Maybe we should go back and digest it more. Uh, hmm. Well, we see with your... Yoga Maya is just 
she's showing this example that um, whatever Krishna tells her to do, that's she just does it, difficult or easy or whatever. So, um, <laughs> what was so I don't understand what was so hard to understand. Oh, oh well. Um, one time, a devotee was reading Nectar Devotion, and he said to Prabhupada, there's parts of Nectar Devotion I can't understand. It's just like way beyond me. <coughs> Prabhupada said, keep reading. <coughs> You'll understand. See, part of the reason that it's difficult to understand <coughs> It's because we're trying to understand it within a material context. <coughs> so we're <coughs> when you when you try to understand something in a material context, you look for material points of reference to make sense out of it, right? So that's the problem because if something is transcendental, there's no material point of reference for it, and because you don't have a material point of reference. You think I can't understand this because it doesn't make sense according to my reference points. But the point is not, not to try to understand something that's transcendental for material reference points. That's what makes it hard because there aren't any or there may not be any or they may be only analogous to some things material but not even always that's true. And so if you accept accept it as its own distinct transcendental nature that runs by its own laws, its own rules, its own conditions, which are transcendental to material conditions, and try to understand it within that context, then you begin to understand and say, oh, my rules don't apply here. That's why I couldn't understand it, because I was applying my rules to the transcendence. So if you, can, if you drop your rules and try to understand the transcendental rules, then it'll start making sense. You say, wait, I mean, how yoga mayas, durga, at the same time, and yoga maya covers the non-devotees, but she also covers the devotees but I thought Maya covers the non-devotees, but Yoga Maya is Maya, and so, you know, your, your mind is about to explode. Just drop your rules and try to understand transcendental rules, and then, then it'll start to make sense. Oh, on the transcendental realm, they can expand. On the transcendental realm, they, they have different energies. Not everyone is a limited jiva soul. Yoga Maya is not jiva. She's Shakti Tattva, eternal associate of Krishna. Um, and so, and then it's like, oh, okay, now I, I understand. This is, this is not, this is different. It's like if you go into a different country and you act according to your culture, sometimes it won't work. And you'll say, well, my country, we do it this way. And say, yeah, but you're in another country now. So if you do that, people, uh, you won't be able to interact with people. It's not the way we do it here. It won't make sense to people. So then you have to readjust. Okay, what are the rules in Italy? How do they do things in Italy? 
of different from Lithuania. Oh, okay. Once I understand the rules, you go, this doesn't make any sense to me, it's so crazy. Now you understand this is the culture, these are the rules, then it makes sense. Something like that. Hopefully that'll help you. Mm. Okay. We have six minutes. What are we going to do now? You want me to read some more? Okay, read one more thing. Let's see what we find. And if anybody can uh, help me figure out how to get an older version of Word back, then I'll get the document back. Mm. So here's the 10 to fifth verse from the t- and purport from 10 to 15. When the child of Devaki was attracted and transferred into the womb of Rohini by Yogamaya, Devaki seemed to have a miscarriage. Thus all the inhabitants of the palace loudly lamented, Alas! Devaki has lost her child! All the inhabitants of the palace includes Kangsa. When everyone lamented, Kamsa joined in compassion, thinking that perhaps, because of drugs or some other external means, Devaki had undergone an abortion. The real story of what happened after Yogamaya attracted the child of Devaki into the womb of Rohini in the seventh month of Rohini's pregnancy is described as follows in the Harivangsha. So now you're getting the story. At midnight, while Rohini was sleeping deeply, she experienced, as if in a dream, that she had undergone a miscarriage. After some time, when she awoke, she saw that this had indeed happened, and she was in great anxiety. But Yogamaya then informed her, quote, Oh, auspicious lady, your child is now being replaced. I am attracting a child from the womb of Devaki, and therefore your child will be known as Sankarshan. Sankarshan means attraction. Hmm. So might as well read the end of the purport. To the end. The word yoga nidra is significant. When one is spiritually reconnected through self-realization, one regards his material life as having been like a dream. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, ya nisha sarvabhutanam tasyam jagarti samyami Samyami, yasyam jagrati bhutani, sanisha pashyato munehe. What is night for all beings is the time of awakening for the self-controlled. And the time of awakening for all beings is night for the introspective sage. The stage of self-realization is called yoga nidra. All material activities appear to be a dream. When one is spiritually, uh, <coughs> excuse me, all material activities appear to be a dream when one is spiritually awakened. Thus, yoga nidra may be explained to be yoga maya. Now you're even more confused. Hmm. We're going to lead, We're going to end class on that confusing note. Yoga nidra is yoga maya. Anyway, the point is, Krishna wants something done. He calls Yoga Maya, says, I need this and that done. She's the producer of the drama. So she makes it happen. 
you know, Krishna Krishna needs a lot of things done and and because some of these things are major tasks, they're actually his shaktis. But the shaktis are all personified. So it might be a particular energy that Krishna's employing, but it's personified in the person, and the person who's that energy does these things, which ordinary people wouldn't do because they're not personifications of the energy. Unless ordinary people are empowered with some shakti, they can do it. But these personalities are the shakti. It's not so much empowered by the shakti, although that's true, but they are the shakti. Okay, I hope you're less confused than you were before. <laughs> okay, that's it for today. And uh, maybe we learned something. Maybe we didn't. Yeah, we learned something. Confusion, um, confusion is not bad because confusion... Confusion just tells us I need to learn more. I don't. <clears throat> I don't have as great a grasp on the philosophy as I should have, as I need to have, and that's why I'm confused. But even sometimes knowledgeable devotees become confused because some points are subtle, some points appear to be contradictory, and some points just are so transcendental they're difficult to understand so it's nothing to lament about it it just s serves as an impetus to try to understand more i didn't understand this let me read more about it let me discuss this with some knowledgeable devotees and then like that i can understand so don't lament mm -hmm. Okay, Marco's going to give his understanding. <clears throat> the fact that Yogamaya accepts Krishna's order unequivocally makes it clear that Krishna is the Supreme God. Yeah, that's one conclusion. And defeats the Mayavad philosophy once and for all. For you it does, but not for them. Because they want to be God and nothing's going to stop them. And once... You know, Prophet said, once one is contaminated by Mayavada philosophy, it's like an addiction. It's hard to overcome. We had a Mayavadi join, Indian man. Prabhupada wouldn't let him go out and preach. He said, for one year you study my books before you open your mouth. It's like an addiction. Okay, everyone. As you can see, I'm running on two cylinders today. <laughs> I woke up tired. I don't know why. It might have something to do with about six hours of, of classes I gave yesterday and staying up at late at night, finishing my rounds, which got compromised because my daughter called me at five minutes to five and said, do you know you're giving class in the Elachra Temple Sunday feast? I said, hmm... That was when I was going to finish my rounds. I said, hmm, I thought I was, but I thought, but I wasn't sure because it wasn't in my calendar. And Anyway, 
I shot out to the temple, had a kurtaan through a dodion, and shot to the temple. And I got there three minutes before the Sunday feast announcements were over. So that's so then I gave another class right after that class. And then I had some prasadam. And then I had to finish something. And then I was chanting my rounds. Stayed up late. So that's my story. Even sometimes Mahatmas get tired. It happens. Hare Krishna to all of you. Be Krishna conscious, as Prabhupada said. There's nothing really else to do in this life than be Krishna conscious. Srila Prabhupada ki jai go premanandi hari hari bo go premanandi hari hari bo.